Listener Production. Shares, Market. the S&P, the ISX stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that has inflation at exactly 0.0%. I'm Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. He is Andrew Ram Page, the man who should have been a wrestler but instead is running a I wonder what sort of business it is. Anyway, it's called strawman.com. Mr. Page, good morning. <laughs> it's a private online investment club. And oh, there you go. Probably should have been a wrestler. And yeah, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? <laughs> good. I say good morning because we are recording this on Thursday morning, of course, as we generally tend to do. Uh, this will go live uh, on Friday afternoon. So I just back the curtain a little bit. Mate, I'm very well. I'm up in the Gold Coast um, for work at the moment. So uh, we're recording this in slightly different uh, circumstances, surroundings. You're, of course, mm-hmm. in the, the Strawman Global HQ, as uh, as you always are. So, uh, <laughs> AKA nice to- my spare bedroom. <laughs> oh, there's that too. <laughs> Speaking of behind the curtain. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Wizard of Oz style, isn't it? Look, this great online business. I want it must be a really large, sophisticated <laughs> business running some glass office on Bridge Street in Sydney or Collins Street in Melbourne. Uh-uh. It's uh, instead, um, uh, you, you keep it humble, mate. There's not many billionaires who would run their own businesses from their from their spare bedrooms. Although I'm just looking at my Zoom image now. I've definitely got some serious bedhead going on <laughs> and I'm in my Ugg boots. So, you know, there's there are advantages to not being in the glass, you know, in a city office. There are some <laughs> curtains we should not draw back, mate. Yeah, true. Um, wait, this has been, it's been a very, well, it's been a funny week this week. Um, I was going to say a very big week. There's actually not a huge amount of corporate news, but um, quite a bit of macroeconomic news, quite a lot going on. So um, why don't we duck kind of into that and sort of try mm. and pull that apart a little bit. Um, maybe the biggest news um, this week was the inflation numbers out on Wednesday morning. Um, the market didn't like it. It was up about half a percent before the numbers came out, finished about flat. The Australian dollar jumped by, I think it was half a percent or something on the news. So it tells you what the markets thought about it. Um, I also, mate, I'm going to just quickly, uh, not so much editorialize, but give some detail because I think most news outlets, most commentators actually mixed the big issue in fact i was asked about it a few times on on wednesday and uh people would quote the quarterly inflation numbers to me they are the rolled gold standard they're the ones that we've been seeing for decades um it's the most robust data series telling us what's happening with prices and that number said that inflation fell from six to five point four percent all good news the quarter was 1.2 percent if you annualize that that's 4.8 those things are all good pieces of news what I think most people missed, because I, I get that you want to kind of report the most um, widely accepted and longest, you know, most reliable data series, is the quarterly, uh, sorry, the monthly inflation numbers. We actually saw inflation go from 4.9% in July to 5.2% in uh, to August to 5.6% in September. So not only was it the, the end of the quarter higher than the quarter itself, and we've talked about that, by the way, talked about six-month sales and saying, if you look at just an average six months, it doesn't tell you what happened, the trend of sales during that period. Mm. It kind of strikes me that the same thing's happening with inflation. Yes, the quarterly number was lower than the previous quarter, but it was also lower than the last month's worth of inflation. In other words, inflation is accelerating through the quarter, even if the total was down. I don't know if that's too uh, detailed a way to try and start a podcast, but it just struck me that for all of the commentary on, you know, maybe it's a little bit too high for the quarter, and yes, the RBA will look at that one. The trend for me is the ugliest part of this. Yeah, and I think that's that's the takeaway. There is is the general trend. Maybe the general vibe is is the term <laughs> I, I, I should use here Very because of you. I, I do think we tend to over intellectualize, you know, specific data points yeah. in time and we often lack context so we could debate all day every day as as much of the punditry does as to exactly 
what each particular data point means and what, how it's changed. But, I mean, generally speaking, what's the, what's the big picture here? I think the big yeah. picture is stuff's more expensive mm-hmm. and more expensive than is comfortable and has been that way for a while and is not going back to where the powers that be would like it to be. Yeah. I think what's they're saying mid 2025 is the RBA late sort of- Late 2025. Okay, it's late 2025 now. I mean, completely pointless. You know, it's, it's so far away. So it's, what are we talking about? Two years away. And we've, 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 you know, Phil Lowe is famous for his sort of longer term forecast. <laughs> it was a bit brave of them to put a, put a month on that after, uh, after getting it so badly on the first time around, surely. Do you know, it's a madness. So, I mean, yeah. I, I think I think that's where we need to sort of take this from, which is this <laughs> idea that it is higher. Um, mm. It feels as though it's higher for longer. Mm. It, even Bullock is saying there are factors – she, she specifically cited fuel and tensions in the Middle East and this kind of stuff. It's like, well, RBA can't do, do much about that. <laughs> yep. The thing that I found really interesting, diabolical almost, it was mm. the, the other big um, item in the series that, that pushed up the headline figure was rents. Yeah. Now, we all know that I think the, I think the global, uh, global, the national average vacancy rate is 0.8%. So anyone listening to this who's been trying to rent a house, you know exactly what I mean. You rock up, there's 50 people out the door. It's it's really, really tough. Interest rates have been going up. They've been on pause for a tiny little bit, but as I don't need me to tell you, they've been going up. And poo rolls downhill. So, you know, all the people paying, all the investors paying extra on their mortgage have passed that on to rents. That's what we've seen in the series. That's what's put inflation up. Michelle has gone, well, let's- well, I will, you know, she's talking the hard talk. Well, I'll do whatever it takes mm. to get it back. In other words, I'm, hey, guys, I might have to <laughs> increase interest rates again. And yeah. it's a long bow here, but where I'm getting at is that, well, think this through. So you're going to put rates up again, which is going to make interest expense higher, mm-hmm. which is going to make rents higher, which is going to make inflation higher, which is going to make you want to put up interest rates higher, which is- do you see where I'm going here? There's like a, there's a circularity to it all. Now again, whole bunch of other stuff in in this in the series that's all measured. It's a basket of goods, yeah, yeah. but it it just I feel as though, and I know we keep repeating ourselves here. It's it just it it I, I use the term diabolical because that's what it is. Yeah. It feels as though like we're trying to fight a fire with with gasoline, mm-hmm. right? What are you? What are your thoughts? How do how do you look? I look. I cut to the cut to the chase here. I think we both sort of land on the point. I was just like, geez, it'd be nice if if the fiscal side of um, the yeah. equation was yeah. was helping here. It's like you've got one team uh, pushing while the other's pulling, kind of thing, or yeah. pull, pulling in the opposite direction. And something like I, I want to say, I heard the figure the other day, but I, I forget the exact number. You might be able to help me. But the degree of government spending. Uh, even mm-hmm. if you you strip out the strip out the pandemic, is as high as it's ever been. So there's one there's one institution desperately trying to take heat out of the economy. There's another one pumping it in, <laughs> about to introduce even more tax cuts. You know, um, I don't know. Diabolical, no, mate, it, diabolical. It is, it, is, it is. Look, I think, and this is where I, I've been, I've been pretty protective or defensive for the RBA because I think I'm really, really comfortable that the RBA is doing what it can with what it's got based on mm-hmm. its mandate, 
And so I, I think it's, you know, people who say, well, if you does this, they're going to do this and this and this. Like, yes, they've got two bad choices. They have to either hit us all with inflation. Again, we've talked about this before. And I don't want to, I don't want to overall ground, but it's kind of important because I still get questions about it. And so they, they are doing what they can to solve the problem they've been presented with, with, with the tool they've been given. It's literally the man with the hammer problem, except they have literally been given a hammer and told whatever <laughs> this thing looks like, assume it's a nail, treat it like a nail because you've only got, that's literally what we've asked them to do. You know, yeah. and Jim Chalmers, treasurer again during the during the week, making very clear, throwing the word independent in front of Reserve Bank every time he talks about it, so that he can he can try and not us. his problem, right? Exactly. And yeah. and by the way, this is not a political point. What you everyone knows if you listen to this podcast, before, I've I've swung large hammers at every politician uh, and every side of politics at different times. But it's a pretty gutless thing to do. What Jim Chalmers should be setting up and saying is. They've got monetary policy. They've got a mandate. They're doing exactly what they've been asked to do. Uh, reasonable people can disagree about what the steps might need to be taken, but these guys are the monetary policy experts. I appointed Michelle Bullock. I chose the governor. You can you can get a few political points by getting rid of the bad man, Phil Lowe, who made everyone cry, and then you got, you look like a hero. But you know what? You appointed Michelle Bullock, mate, so this is solely on you. Uh, if it's an independent reserve bank, fine, but you chose the, the governor. You said this is the right person to handle interest rates moving forward. So I'll start yep. there. Yep. You're absolutely right on fiscal policy, mate. It is, it, and again, to to half defend Australian governments, plural, um, it is a relatively accepted international. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's the word? A hospital pass. Every government says to their central, "You do it. I'm not doing it." Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. that's not an excuse, right? It, just because you're, um, uh, <laughs> you know, you're a criminal like the other criminals doesn't mean you're not a criminal anymore. Uh, yeah. Not that the governments are criminals, but you know what I mean. That kind of idea. You can't <laughs> just simply simply handball it and say, "Well, it's yeah. their fault." Uh, governments need to be doing more. They, I've said a million times, mate, the, the RBA is flying a biplane and they've got a stick that goes up, down or sideways. That's all they can do, right? Mm-hmm. The government's flying an F-18 bloody fighter jet and I don't know fighter jets very well, but they've got, you know, missiles and, and heads up displays and bombs and bullets and God knows what. And, you know, they can, you know, um, it, it's it's just crazy. You know, the uh, the government's playing an Xbox and, and the, the RBA is playing, <laughs> playing an Atari 2600 um, mm. for the kids. Just assume that means it's really old. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's, it is just crazy, mate. And, and it just, it, it's so incredibly frustrating for two reasons. One is monetary policy itself is a blunt instrument. The cost of money, you know, you've rallied about the cost of money before and whether the central bank should set it. Uh, I don't necessarily share the extent of your view, but- it yeah, should, I just inter- interrupt there very quickly. Yeah. I, I think that's right. I, I have made my peace with that a little bit. I'll just say quickly in the sense that there is, is accepting the world as it is versus how you, <laughs> how you would have it. So I think I, I think I love to talk to you about that over a beer. Like it's because yeah, it's yeah. so fascinating. But there is that part of me that's just sort of acknowledges like that's that world is never happening. <laughs> I, and, I, and I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. to I only mentioned it passing and keep going. I just wanted to. I wanted as I made my comment. I wanted to just reflect to our listeners that we don't have a unity ticket here. I, would, I want to at least highlight the fact you, you disagree just for the sake of yeah, um, yeah. the fullness of, of the conversation. Yeah. Um, but, you know, monetary policy is a very specific, very uh, blunt tool for a very specific purpose. And, and I have no problem with it, but it's in the concept of everything else. It's like, it's like saying, uh, sorry, Department of Agriculture, you're responsible for our entire revenue raising uh, efforts in Australia. So, but, but isn't, isn't there like the ATO and, and state governments and regulatory bodies? Yeah, no, we're going to make all this, the Department of Agriculture do it all. So, well, hmm. but, but you've got other, why, why would you do that? You know, or, or whatever, whatever you want to choose. Um, it's, it's absolute total madness. Uh, not only, so not only is it a blunt tool that has a very specific, and by the way, the cost of money, as much as I was going to say, as much as I agree with setting a, 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 an official interest rate, still only impacts certain transactions in certain ways. And not only is it blunt, but it's a very winding way to get to the destination 
because it can only operate through a certain part of the economy. So mm. not only is it blunt and, and narrow, uh, which is both possible at the same time, by the way, uh, <laughs> the, you know, the governments have the opportunity to raise revenue, spend, slow spending, divert activity, so that it is a, a collected more cleverly, more thoughtfully, more appropriately and more fairly across the population on different activities and different things. If you want to slow spending, making it harder for people to buy food is probably not the way you do it. You know, mm-hmm. it'll work. You can, you, can, you can have some people not having dinner tonight. That'll work. It'll slow spending and that'll, that'll actually have an impact on inflation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's like, it's like I've, got a, the I've, poor people. I've broken my finger. Let's amputate my arm. Now, all, <laughs> exactly. all of a sudden, my finger's not a problem anymore. It's like, well, right. we did fix the problem of your mm-hmm. sore finger, but did we? It's, it's like, well, we'll fix the problem of inflation yep. just by making you all go hungry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, you know, and there are many ways of fixing it. I've talked about a few, but fiscal policy is, is absolutely absent here, mate. Um, and it's, it's just, you know, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed with Jim Chalmers. Um, I think he's a smart bloke. I think he cares. I think he wants the best for Australia. I also think that the Labor Party broadly, and this is a political statement, but not about politics, not, not aimed at a party particularly, just more the, the circumstances, is so absolutely, you know, what's scared of the electorate and of an election that they simply have refused to actually make decent, reasonable policy decisions. Yeah. And so Jim Chalmers' largest contribution to the debate so far has been to sack Phil Lowe and to tell everyone how sorry he is and he hopes Michelle Bullock made some good decisions. And uh, yeah, really sorry, I know you're doing it tough. And yes, we're focused on the cost of living. It's like- Which is such a vacuous, uh, uh, um, uh, because I I don't mean it to be overly critical, but Michelle Bullock is a carbon copy of Phil Lowe. Like they are cut from the same cloth. Yep. Like there is there is nothing she is going to do that's going to be radically a radical Can departure from yep. yeah, you know. And so it's sort of like it's all theatre. It's mm-hmm. like oh, as you say, the bad man. I'm going to make him go away. And yeah, can you just keep going forward so I've got someone to point at? Um, it, yeah, yep. I 100 percent agree. And it's you know I don't get up like I, I don't. I hesitate to bag individual politicians because people who already don't like them or the other side of politics say, yeah, yeah, he's always been like that or she's always been like that. And the people who like them say, no, don't be mean to our guy. He's a nice man and we like him a lot and he's just trying really hard. And I just, I just that's why I don't like to talk about politics. I don't talk about policies. But frankly, uh, the government at the last budget did literally bugger all to rein in the debt and deficit levels. Uh, bugger all to actually have an impact on inflation. Um, that literally zero. Uh, the best you can say about Chalmers is he didn't spend more of the surplus than he could than, than he did. He yep. spent some of the surplus, so he actually actually stimul actually added stimulus to the economy yep. last budget, right? Uh, net net. Uh, and as you said, both parties voted for literally in Parliament, the floor of Parliament voted for stage three tax cuts, which will come in next year. Um, frankly, by then we actually may need it if the economy's fallen in a hole. But uh, but you know, as, as not a, the people a, who get it won't need it. Yeah, well, other, well they'll probably they'll probably they won't need it. Need it. What I mean is, if they if they spend some portion of it, it'll, it'll be a net stimulus for the economy, and mm-hmm. maybe we will need some sort of stimulus. But you're right; it's not it's not needed by those people. They all want it, um, and I don't blame anyone for wanting stuff. That's human nature, right? But it's just anyway. The whole thing the whole thing is absolutely freaking crazy. So, I um. I'm going, to, I'm going to bang on one more drum, mate, for a second. Okay. Um, so we have fiscal policy. I still, I know you and I differ again on this one, and that's great because we have good conversations. We, at the end of September, welcome our, welcomed um, approximately, according to some estimates, our 500th new overseas arrival to the country in, in June, September for the, for the year. And when you've got a vacancy rate of 0.8%, 
And you're saying, you know what we really should do? We should have more households formed so that we can have more people trying to get in the real estate market because, hey, this thing is going so incredibly well. This is a really smart idea. And what we should really, really do is try and drive that rental vacancy rate down further. Now, that's not exactly what they're saying, but they know that's the implication. You're you're a fan of big Australia. I'm less a fan of big Australia. Even if if I agree you're right over, over a long enough period of time, the madness of allowing excess household formation when you've got a constrained property market uh, I don't, I don't, what's the right we shouldn't call property market housing god, market, I, ha- god I hate the term property no one no one buys a house to live in anymore it's a <laughs> yeah. property property how, market how do, we, how do we describe the property sector or the what's going on anyway there are there are more people P- ponzi? Wanting a home. ponzi is that the word you're looking for <laughs> no i just i just mean the literal sense of there are more people looking for a house they can find one um yeah. no it's it's, just, it's, 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 it's it's your argument mate, if i can summarize it mm. in one word is maths you know, which is a good argument when it comes to these kinds of things, because you're yep. saying yep. X amount of houses plus Y amount of people where Y is oh. greater than X. Uh-huh. Do you know, what is what is that? It's not, it's, it's not even high school maths. It is yeah. literally year two maths. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, a bit of clarity here. I'm I I'm not f- for a big Australia at okay. all. Co- let's just bring him in, open the gates yeah. and like yeah. let it let it fly. No, we, we need to have the infrastructure and that built. We you know I, I feel yeah. as though. We are stronger as a nation, better as a nation. Technology can do a lot of really great things in terms of us being able to to support higher populations in harmony with the environment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But it takes long-term planning, you know. Planning is the other word, right? So it's massive plans like, let's have half a million people when we know that we can house them, feed them, provide them with actually – so water – how long ago was there – Level two, level one water restrictions. Oh, they're, they're warning. They're warning again about here in Sydney, at least. That you know, by the way, <laughs> probably going to have to put water restrictions in. It's the driest September, oh. I think, on record. And yeah, if you try to drive to and from a CBD, I just the the, the uh, yeah the, uh, the the plan. So maths and planning, they are the two things that apparently bureaucrats and politicians in camera can't spell. But what a, what I mean, just very very quick detour. What a mm. great idea, though, as a long-term strategy <laughs> to say, let's bring in the, the let, bring us your like. Yeah, what do they say? What's the saying on the Statue of Liberty? It kind of says, mm-hmm. "Give us your weak and your depraved and your." Poor, <laughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing yeah. here. Yeah. Give us your educated, your hardworking, uh-huh. your motivated, like uh-huh. your best and bright. Like we have t- Team Australia, we have really good marketing, right? It's very yeah. safe. It's very reliable, very high standards of living, mm-hmm. beautiful environment. People want to come here. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to come here, right? It's brilliant. And, you know, and, and we, we've got cultures and, and races from all around the world. And yep. we've, we've, we've shown that the multicultural experiment more or less worked pretty well. People Absolutely. want to- People want to come here, right? Yeah, yeah. If yeah. I again, so I wouldn't just open up the open up the borders and let it rip. But I would absolutely say, if if we mm-hmm. want more doctors and engineers and scientists and developers yeah. and programmers, we're going to literally take our pick. Take our pick, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, how mad, strong are we, right? Like, yeah, unless yeah. to keep everyone happy, let's bring in some great cricketers as well, and you know, <laughs> we'll just we'll dominate. <laughs> we'll dominate. Can we have rugby players? Sport? Any yeah, Kiwis just- who want to come to Australia and play rugby <laughs> are very, very, very welcome. Quietly, <laughs> so it's just like it strikes me as something that makes a huge amount of sense. But yeah, yeah. but but you know, it, it just it it's just madness what they're doing. So I'll agree on that point. Can I take a step back here? One uh, one quick passing blow at the, the new governor. I opened up the AFR the other day and the headline read, renters better off than in 2021, Colin, RBA's bullock. 
<laughs> First paragraph. Renters in low-income households are better off than they were two years ago, despite high inflation and rapidly rising rents, as strong employment and income growth shields people from the worst of the cost-of-living crunch, Reserve Bank Governor Michelle Bullock says. <laughs> now, can I just take task at this for a moment? Mm-hmm. So, uh, bureaucrat on more than a million dollars a year says, <laughs> says that low-income households and people that are renting who are objectively, according to the RBA's own data, paying a butt-ton more in rent and having far less purchasing power than they did two years ago are okay because at least you've all got jobs and that's shielding you from what the worst <laughs> of it could be. It Read the room, Michelle. Like yeah. It's just like that it's is just- It's mistake, wasn't it? Well, what the hell are you talking about? And this, it just, there will be two broad cohorts of people listening to this and two broad cohorts of people that would have been reading mm. the, this article. And I think, again, not to make it about housing, but it kind of is, where it's just like there are those that have paid off their mortgage or a very big chunk of it who actually, life's good. I've got a job. You know, it sucks that prices are 5% ex- more expensive than they were a year ago. But the equity in my house is is ripping. I feel pretty wealthy. The interest rate charge isn't really hitting me too much. And then you've got others who are just like, wait a second, you know, food bank lines are the longest they've ever been. You know, more people sleeping in their cars now in Australia than ever has been. And and I just can't afford the rent. And I certainly, and the, and the mortgage is, is really, really difficult. And just just for that statement to say that, you know, you really are better off when you think about it. Do you imagine, you imagine <laughs> Terry, the teacher at the local public school going, uh, oh, I'm, I, things are, aren't really uh, as what? good yeah. for me as they used to be, but at least at least the economy has full employment. Like, yeah. you know, Bob, the ambulance driver is going, oh, don't, don't, don't worry, Mary, about our crappy and declining conditions. At least the economy has full employment. Like, tone deaf. I just, I just thought- Anyway, I, I, can I, I was can I, exasperated. Can I take half an exception to that or at least at least raise a, a, a conversation point? Yep. Does it not reflect on our woeful state of national discourse that we expect a bureaucrat to speak in politically acceptable language? And, and the reason I ask that, I suppose, is I'm not saying you're wrong because the newspapers jump all over it, people jump all over it, the shock jocks jump all over it. Maybe for her own sake, she just shut the hell up, right? But I, I will, so I'm, I found the article you're talking about, and I just, I'm going to say, this is a quote. Quote, Ms. Bullock presented RBA research showing renters had actually seen their spare cash flow improve since 2021 due to higher income growth. End quote. And I, I, I don't know, mate, I... Making the point is probably asking for trouble and the RBA doesn't need more criticism right now. So I, I don't, mm. if, I, if I'm her PR advisor, I completely agree with you. Mm. Part of me though is like, I don't know, I, I, I'm old fashioned that our bureaucrats should be able to kind of do the whole, hey, this, this, this thing happens to be true. And I'm sorry if it's true and I'm sorry if you don't like it and I'm sorry if other things are also true and there are countervailing factors and everything else. If, if that's, do you know what I mean? Like I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to stick up for bullying for the sake of it, but I, part of me is like, it's like the Jim Chalmers thing of like, oh, you poor people, I'm so sorry. I feel terrible for your issues. I'm going to try and help you solve this. I'm here. I'm your friend. And maybe you'll vote for me, please. I don't know. I kind of, part of me thinks it's refreshing that the bureaucrats go, this is what the data says. My job, my job is not to massage it, to present it, to pull my punches or only to say the things that, as you say, it, it's, it says I'm reading the room. I'm going, to, I'm going to give you the data that we've got. And then you can do with that data what you choose. My job as a bureaucrat is to give you the information and make the decision. I don't know. Yeah. Is, that, is that? No, 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 no. No, no, no. You're right. No, balance is in context is important. I, I feel as though 
There is nuance there, and I'm glad yeah. you raised it. It's sort of like that. That the the subtext there is yes, your cash flow has improved, yeah. and then you look at it. Why is that? It's, well, actually, more people in your house are working, and they're working longer hours. Yeah. Like, yeah. well, okay. Yeah. So you know, there, there's. There, I know. It's, 100% agree. 100% and, agree. And, and, and it's 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 not that you shouldn't comment on the data. Hey, this yeah. is the data. I would yeah. say that your job is to be very clear. In your communication, this is yep. what our job is. Yep. This is how I'm thinking about it, yes. and this is how I'll act under various circumstances. I think that's and right. this data is, is is I'm interpreting it in this way. That is fine. Yep. That, that is fine. And there's no, you know, she's allowed to say what she likes. So I'm not saying she's done anything wrong, you know, legally. But I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I do just, it just, it's we are all in our own bubble. I don't care how educated you are or how much you try to put yourself outside of your own head, but you yeah. know, it, it, I think it, statements like this, you catch, you catch people, not, not as if they, they just sometimes say the quiet part out loud, you know, and it just, <laughs> it belies a, a sentiment that's here. It's like, hey, what are you worried about? You're all fine. Yes. It's, it's a let them eat cake kind of moment. But do you think uh, it is? That's what me. I'm asking. I guess I'm wondering, where, are, we, are we playing our own judgments? If, if it's just, if she's making a statement, this thing is true. She's mm. not saying, therefore, I don't care, or therefore, you should shut up. It's just like, data shows this. Yeah. If we then say, well, yeah, but you see, the only reason it says that is because, and you're not reading the room, and you're not, you, you, you therefore must think that we don't matter. I don't, th yeah. I don't, again, maybe I'm too generous, but I don't think Michelle Bullock or Phil Lowe or any of the bureaucrats actually think, well, shut the hell up, you lot. Like, what the hell do you want? I'm, you've got more money, just stop you whinging. Yeah. It's kind of like my job is to interpret the economy and tell you what's going on. You say to me, what's happening with renters? Well, renters actually got some spare cash because, as you say, incomes have gone up and more people are working. Mm -hmm. She doesn't say, therefore, I don't care, or therefore, you should stop complaining, or therefore, you're doing it well. Those are the, those are the implications that we potentially assume she means or put on the assumptions or present that way or hear that way um i guess i'm just i'm just you know to the no, extent you're, she doesn't say right. yeah if she, she, if she didn't if she adds therefore eat cake then you go hey michelle you, you missed the point here right yeah like, here is the data it's like that that's she might say but that's still terrible because we know that people are still doing it tough and you shouldn't have to work more hours just to pay the rent or she might say therefore stop whinging or therefore somewhere in between i'm just i'm just, I'm just because our reserve bank governors have been verbal for years, I'm just—I guess maybe I'm a bit defensive on their behalf. But I just think it's like she just said, "Here's the data that yeah. this is what's going on." I don't know that we should necessarily say, "Michelle, don't don't say those things that people mightn't like because people might criticise you." It's like well, I'm just telling you what the situation. So it's like saying the ABS. Oh, you guys saying the inflation is 5.4 percent? Are you? Well, well, you think that's okay? Do you? No, yeah. we're just saying that's the number. You know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, also she's representing her institution, right? And like a CEO yep. will always speak of their own company favorably. <laughs> yeah. You know, a senior politician, well, any politician will always speak of their own party favorably. Yes, so yes. she's not going to go up there and sort of say, oh, actually it's really bad out there and we've done a terrible <laughs> job. So that's that's really the context. So that that, that, that Phil bloke, man, lucky we got rid of him because he you, was really- You're never going to throw him under a bus, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. going to be, oh, well, you know, I, what, while we acknowledge mm. challenges- they're going to try and put a positive spin on things. Of course That's they are, because otherwise That's they look true. bad, right? So I, yeah. I get it. But it just, <laughs> I don't know what my point is other than it's just, I think sometimes these comments can be a little bit revealing of of where the priorities sort of lie and where yeah. the, you know, I, 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 I feel true. as though while I am probably fairly judged as trying to put a negative spin on things, I would sort of say, well, that probably fair <laughs> but <laughs> but you're trying to put a positive spin on things yeah and, and the truth is probably yep. somewhere yep. That, you know can i take a broader can i just pan out a little bit here Please. i think this is 
just back to our original point on inflation, just gosh, it occupies a very large, the pie chart of like my mental energy, too much of it goes on on this kind of stuff lately. I So I, I, I'm going to start from the standpoint of, I think that inflation is a, in a large way, at least a monetary phenomenon. There's more same. There's there's a certain capital base that's out there. Certain machines that make other machines, uh, all kind human capital, all of that kind of stuff. Stuff that helps us enjoy what we have. Think about what we actually have, like the stuff we have, the services we have. That's what make us rich. Let's forget about money for a second, right? Like it's just when you look at if you were an alien and you landed in the middle of Sydney, and then you took off and then you landed in the middle of Bangladesh to, to yeah. pick on somewhere else. You go, well, there's difference. There's differences here. One group of these shaved apes seem to be enjoying mm-hmm. a much higher standard of living than the others. Why? Mm-hmm. Why is that? With, and again, without talking about money, you get to a point. It's like, well, actually, you've got a much richer, varied, and robust capital base. More yes. factories, more equipment. You know, the, the stuff that helps you have have all the great things that that, that we love a highly educated workforce etc cetera, etc cetera. okay that's that's fantastic we've got whatever it is we've got so much stuff um and the way that we account for it all is just through money mm-hmm. so i'll introduce money at this point now what mm-hmm. happens is is when the banks create money they will say you'll go up and say i want to buy a house and go great uh how much do, we'll make a calculus on that and we'll and we'll give it to you and then we literally create a ledger, uh, adjust our ledger and just put some zeros in, into your bank account and you've now got money. Yep. So money is created. Again, not conspiratorial, it's just fractional yep. reserve bank. It's well, how the system yep. works, right? Yep. So we, we've created money and now you've gone and you've spent that money right away. Now, the way that you've done that is basically just said, can I have all the money now? And over <laughs> the next 25 years, I will pay you back. So I've, I'll I've, give it back to you, yep. So money, boom, create, didn't exist yesterday, existed today mm-hmm. and backed by a promise that I will pay that back with some interest uh, over over a set set period of time, great. So we've all done that. Australia is just leave it up over the last thirty years to a great extent. Now I'm not saying this is necessarily going to. I'm not using this in any way to to frame some kind of forecast. We just have. That's just yep. fact. Yep. So whether you want to do debt to income, debt to equity, whatever it is, it's just gone to very extreme levels. So what that says is that we've had a whole bunch of demand pulled forward from the future, all backed up by these future sort of promises. Mm-hmm. Now, w- without predicting anything, what it does say is that it's we we can't we can't continue to dip into that bucket because we kind of maxed out the, the credit card. I'm sure we could go a little bit further if we had to. Maybe we could return interest rates to zero. Maybe we could relax lending standards. But that that shot has been fired to a, to a large degree. Now, going in while this was all happening, the government had in Australia had extraordinarily low debt. We, we're really blessed. Even now, our debt to GDP is, what is it, mate? 30, 40%? Like, compared yeah, to the US. I, think, yeah, I, think I would have said mid-30s if you'd asked me, but I, I, I don't have it in hand, yeah. I think, I think it's around that level, right? Yeah. So so that's that's Government been, debt, of course, not uh, not private debt. <laughs> sorry, go, go, yeah, well, that's different. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that, so, well, that's my point. Private debt, okay, we're, I wouldn't say maxed out, but we're towards the end. Of, we're up, up towards near our limit, right, in terms of what can be sustained because to continue down that path, I mean, we just have to make more promises or I'll work even harder in the future. I'll earn even more money in the future. Mm. And again, I'm not using that as a predictive kind of base. It's just, it is what it is. You can't, you can't pull on that string forever. But what's happened and particularly accelerated through COVID and for entirely appropriate reasons, I would, I would argue at the time, the government has now ramped up its debt 
and you made the point on Twitter the other day, spending well beyond its means, yep. well beyond its its means. So, so we've had one a whole bunch of new money brought into the system mm-hmm. on the private front. We're now increasingly seeing it on the public front. Now, back to my original point, the stuff that's out there is still the stuff that's out there, but there is a lot more money and it's, it's money that didn't exist yesterday, either because the banks created it so we could all buy our houses or that the government has issued bonds for so that they could now spend money today. Again, money that they didn't have yesterday, but they've borrowed from the future to do all of this. We keep talking about interest rates. We keep obsessively focusing on the overnight cash rate because that's the lever that we've got. But again, just to pan out here, this is the bigger picture. There's much, much more money flowing in than what there is stuff, or at least and this is a dynamic system as well. So you would say that the, the economy should react to that and build more productive capacity. Well, it, it, it probably will given enough time. But right now where we are, that's this is the dominant inflation driver. So if you want to beat inflation, yeah. I would argue uh, you would need to I think I think the private market is sort of self-correcting in a sense because as I said, you can't really go too much further. But the public market, the, the the government needs to get things at least on the trajectory of a sustainable footing. Because while ever we are mm. adding more seashells to our little economy, we are we are creating in, uh, a tailwind for inflation. Sorry, that was a long kind of arc, but did it yep. make sense? Yeah, totally. And I think that's I, and this is eventually. Eventually, you tie yourself in knots and get back to you know gold and sheep and whatever. But um, I think just the mass of it. I meant that. Yeah, yes, it's, correct. Not, it's, 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 it's not. Yeah. I'm not trying to get into a debate of what money or anything like. It's just other than no, the, the, no, no, how was, we're I, accounting for it all. There's yes. just more of it, right? I was going to say. I think you're saying it's mostly a monetary phenomenon. I'm. I was going to say, it's, it's, I think it's also, I, I think probably fiscal has more of a role than you do. But at the end of the day, the fiscal policy is actually a combination of, even, even Keynesian economics requires you to borrow money when you're running a deficit, in which case it's monetary. So it, it, you know, yeah. everything's fiscal, everything's monetary. And it's kind of, it is a false distinction at some level because we're talking really about the net incremental stimulus or incremental uh, non-stimulus. What's the opposite of stimulus? I don't know. Um, dampening of, a, of an economy. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I think I was just going. I was going to that point about monetary policy. I think monetary is absolutely important. Uh, we have a trillion dollars worth of government debt, uh, which is again debt. So it's monetary, but also also it's a net result of fiscal decisions. And without that trillion dollars worth of debt, I dare say we'd also have a back to our first point a, a, a much less, uh, um, frankly, worrying situation in terms of that can i um can, can i just you, can i finish on no, yeah, one more thought there and the, the other distinction here is i spent a lot of time thinking about this <laughs> <laughs> the other distinction here is as well is that i've got to be careful not to say that the government has been spending beyond its means therefore it's inflationary yes. the caveat here that is really important is on what on okay. what are you spending it if you yeah. spend it on things that add to the capital stock so let's say i as the government have just you know incredible economic foresight and capital allocation ability, and I create a bunch of stuff that just enhances our productivity. I, I that that increases our capital base. We are wealthier because now we can make a much more stuff. Maybe I maybe I put a billion dollars into a hyper efficient port and roads mm. and um, yes, correct, correct. Uh, 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 departments that that facilitate industry and remove red tape. All of this kind of is still expending yep. money. That actually makes us richer. That is good. So you get to a point with it where, where it's sort of like 
All else being equal, adding more units into the economy is probably going to be inflationary unless you are an incredibly savvy capital allocator. Now, I think, again, it's history would suggest that government isn't always great. <laughs> yeah. at, and this, at, is the, at that. this is the problem right? between pork barreling and special interest and everything right. else. And you kind of... Solar panels for the no. golf club that's in my right. my electorate. You know, it's like, right, well, right, let's right. spend money into the economy, but what is it? Okay. I mean, it's maybe not even the best example. That's the that's inflationary, right? More money without the increased pr- productive base. That and and that is the money that we're kind of seeing. Arguably, things like some submarines and other things are like that's well, not yeah. helping us be richer. <laughs> maybe we need that, but that that is that that's the distinction I'm trying to make. No, it's a really important one. The, 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 the simple business example is, is uh, you know, buying a machine that can make the widgets for twice the speed or half the price. Brilliant. The, the, the expense on that machine is is an extra spending. You might even take debt on to do it. Yep. But by being able to make it for half the price, you either increase your market or you increase your profit. I'm richer and prices else. come down. Correct. Price, yes. And that, that that's what it means yes. to be wealthier. Yes. Uh, it, you know, whether we want to talk, you know, it, it's about me getting more stuff Yep. whatever you want to define that as, with the same or less amount of work. Mm-hmm. That's get, getting rid of talking about money and certain metrics. And that, that's what I want, right? Like every one of us want more stuff for less effort. And that is why that kind of investment makes us richer. Because we, we, yes, we borrow, we spend, but we get far more back as opposed to, hey, the government's going to borrow a bunch of money. We're going to go out into the middle of the Simpson Desert, dig a giant hole and fill it back in. Creates heaps of jobs. A lot of people will be very busy for a huge amount of time. They'll take that money and they'll yeah, go into yeah. the pub and they'll spend it and we'll buy some yeah. jet skis and we'll do this. But, but, but inflation will run right under that scenario because we just, we just borrowed all this money from the future, spent it all. And we don't have any extra stuff to make more stuff with. And that is Correct. that is the madness of it. That's the elephant is my, my final point. That's the elephant in the room. Like that is, mm-hmm. we, we, are, we are missing the forest for the trees by obsessively focusing on this overnight cash rate and how that's going to somehow solve the price of, of bread and corn and these kinds of things that's when right. it's patently not. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. I went on a massive rant on Twitter this week. Check it out. Um, I'm, I'm going to rant. I think I liked it. I think I saw I think it. Probably, I liked it. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I mean, listeners, like, I know you do. You follow all my stuff. <laughs> slavish. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, we got a trillion dollars in debt and no one in Canberra gives a stuff. And that should scare the hell out of everybody, right? Not because a trillion dollars is necessarily good or bad in absolute terms. You've already made the point, Ram. If it was used for, you know, country growing, productivity enhancing, great stuff, that'd be wonderful. I have people who say to me, well, the government shouldn't stop spending now because they're spending the program to help people. And I'm kind of like, That's, that was the argument they made to get from zero to a trillion dollars over the last 15 years. Yeah. And what have we got to show for it? To, to your exact point, where is the productivity boom? Uh, nowhere. Now, I'm not saying, by the way, some of the social welfare programs aren't worthwhile. Of course we should do those things, right? There is, mm. there is some just being a decent bloody person. As, as my, my favorite line I keep hearing is Jackie Lambie. It's just called being a goddamn bloody adult. And that honestly, <laughs> that is the answer to most of the rubbish that people talk is like just just do the right thing by people who need the help right just just be a goddamn bloody adult and fess up and do the right thing so there's yeah. that but but that comes at a obviously at, at, at we're either spending money we don't need to or we're not raising enough money to spend the money we do need to but either way 
that's missing from this conversation. Yes. And people say to me now, well, you're government debt, but well, what about the people who are what? Shouldn't we help people? What if we do this? It's like, this isn't, what, you get $2 trillion, $10 trillion, $100 trillion. How much is too much, guys? Because just because I think I have a worthy cause means I should run up government debt is the most stupid thing in the world. You've made, made the point a dozen times that the interest is now the top two or three you know, in, uh, revenue line, uh, expense line, sorry, on the US government budget. Yes. Less because we've got less debt. But, yeah. you know, we're, we're living it. Classic we're debt the money spiral. For no ongoing benefit. Mm. But we're, we're running up a bill. We're literally saying to the kids, hey, I spent the money. You'll pay it back, won't you? Mm-hmm. It is literally. just literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah, no, it's not yeah. a metaphor. It's literally what's yeah. going to happen. Yep. And you think, well, how in, how in how did we get to a point where, again, speaking of public discourse, how do we get to a point where we've said to our, ourselves, this is okay? Mm. Now, I'm all for deficit spending. I'm a, I'm a Keynesian to my bootstraps, right? We should absolutely spend money, in my opinion. I don't know you're not necessarily. Mm. We should spend extra money in the bad times and recoup it in the good times because that's what you do. The car breaks, you put the new engine on credit card, but you pay the thing off and you spend less than you earn for a couple of years. Well, you pay that off, you get back to square. So- and you go, great. No, and and you, by the way, the car that you're fix it, you're repairing is the one that you need to go to work. And the, right. It's, the, it's, it's not the oh, weekend paddock basher correct, that's just for, just for fun, right? That's the difference. It's not, it's not the new flat screen TV. This is yes. this yep. is productive use. It, it's, yep. it, it goes back to your point. It's a, it's a beautiful uh, point you raise because it illustrates this nicely. And it just, and the, the absolute um, negligence of our politicians on any side of the house and in the middle to not make this an issue while you're following your pet projects. If you want to spend more money, great. Make the argument for higher taxes. Mm-hmm. Knock yourself out. I'll be. Mm-hmm. I'm there for that conversation. Yeah. Or spend less. I'm there yeah. for that conversation too. Or both. Yeah. yeah. That, great. You know. Yeah. We spent a squillion dollars in during COVID. That's a technical term. Squillion, mate. I'm a. I'm, a, I'm an investor. I know these things. Um, <laughs> and that's we, that's fine. I mean, we you know, in hindsight we screwed some stuff up. We did it badly. Mm-hmm. But you know, it had to be big, fast, and ugly. So we did what we had to do to keep the economy rolling, keep people in jobs, keep businesses afloat, keep confidence in the economy, which was the key thing. We should have said at the time, we're going to spend all this money. It's going to suck. When Julia Gillard was PM, we had a flood levy to repair Brisbane. We should have had a COVID levy. Mm-hmm. We have spent all this money. Cool. As soon as we're out of this, we're going to pay this back as quickly as possible because it just makes sense to get our finances back in order. Now, we don't have to have zero public debt. I probably would eventually over time. I think it's rather than living our kids a debt, an interest bill, I think we should get back to zero. But the people say we don't need to get back to zero. Okay, fine. Let's at least repay the emergency spending. Yeah, we mm-hmm. raided the rainy day account. Refill it for the love of God. Yep. It just it just makes me absolutely grumpy as hell, mate, that, that our pollies don't seem to care. Uh, if they do, they don't care enough to actually risk their own jobs and actually being a little bit unpopular while they have a hard conversation with the Australian people. Um, yeah, well, this it, is, it this just, is it, no. it's too, it's too much of a temptation for any one person though. Like yeah. what you, yeah. you always show me the incentive, I'll show you the outcome. The incentive yeah. is to get reelected, right? Yeah. The, the person who says it, it always trends this way. Because the person who says some really, we need some hard conversations and mm. we, we need to take our medicine doesn't get elected. So th- yeah. this is why it goes. This is why it goes the way that it, that it goes. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, it, it's something that I think more of us should be really up in arms about mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it, it is almost definitionally going to be poorly invested because it mm-hmm. is going to be – the ROI <laughs> is not from a <laughs> – very high, ultra high level mm. sort of productivity lens view. It's no, it's like, what's going to keep my electorate happy? Oh, what do they want? They want the house prices to go up and they want some, you know, a new lawn on the bowling green. Boom. Okay. We're going to go do this. But, but this is, this is why my view is, and I've been saying it all year. <laughs> 
we are higher for longer on on mm. inflation because mm. you said you said earlier that the RBA has two decisions, right? It's like crash the economy or just suffer a bit of higher inflation. They will always opt for the latter because you're right. They too shitty, deci- pardon me, crappy decisions, poor decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for that language, um, but. Which one are you going to go for? There's one that's a lot more palatable because one is just sort of like a like a slow torture. The other one's a very quick and <laughs> abrupt one. So that's not. I, I feel as though we're probably past the very high peak, but even the even under the RBA's optimistic forecast, it's still two years away before we get back yeah. to our target range. Yeah, and I feel as though it's probably longer than that because of the dynamic that you are just talking about right then, which is increased spending beyond our means adding more money to the economy and adding it in ways that are not enhancing the capital base. And by the way, what if those two things could actually happen at the same time? What if governments actually made some decisions to improve the debt and take some stimulus out of the economy at the same time? We, that, that would, that's literally what would yeah. happen. This is why, so even, even as, a, as a Keynesian, the idea of a structural budget balance is important, right? The governments, the previous government had forecast 10 straight years of deficit. The current government, guess what? forecast 10 straight years of deficit mm. people say yeah well this is delivering a surplus right now they are, we should be we should have a hundred billion dollar surplus right now mate well that because, was just, that's just good luck anyway we right, are that, so the lucky country when it comes be, right? to our surpluses yeah but but even the surplus, surplus <laughs> came because coal and iron ore prices were higher than we thought okay mm-hmm. which is great so that's the time when you go actually we're going to have a 50 billion dollar surplus give me a hundred billion dollars because we're running this budget properly mm-hmm. instead it's like we just managed to barely squeak over the line because I got paid a you know a bonus from the boss. Didn't expect it. Didn't know it was coming. Oh, lucky. Whew, made it there. They're still forecasting 10 years of deficits. And I just, I don't, you know, I want, I, the only thing I would say is that I don't want to let politicians off the hook because yes, there's palatable and yes, we're going to vote for that person. Except that Bob Hawke and Paul Keating had a wages and prices accord where they managed to convince the unions to stop asking for more wages to get things under control. John Howard introduced gun laws and a GST that were both deeply challenging politically. Um, one, the gun laws for his own for his own party, the GST generally across the economy. He went to an election, I want to tax you guys more. Would you please vote for me? And people, he went, yeah, no, okay, we can see the logic in that. And mm. I just don't want to, the reason I raised both those and from both parties, because it's easier that way, is just to highlight the fact that we actually have, have been in a situation where you can have those kind of conversations. And you can convince people that change is worthwhile and necessary. Um, I've said before, I think on the podcast, Google Hawk Howard 2004 National Press Club. I know it's a long thing to do that. Um, Four? 2004, I think it was. Maybe 2014. Um, They both spoke together at the National Press Club. And there's nothing quite like the sense of a former politician where they get to actually say the things that are important (laughs) rather than things they have to say to get elected. Mm -hmm. But they sat on stage and agreed with each other for almost the entire time. Uh, and Howard, I think it was Howard made the point, and Hawke agreed or vice versa, that Australians don't mind the hard things and, and, and making sacrifices as long as they understand why and as long as they feel like it's fair. I was going to say, and yeah, I, as long as it's and fair. I, think, yeah. I, I genuinely believe that. I think you know, it, it, a politician gets up and says, we are going to do this thing and this is why we do it. We're doing it for the kids. We're doing it for the country. We're doing it for the environment. We're doing it for whatever, whatever, whatever. That, those things, and maybe I'm completely naive, but you know what? If you care so little about the outcomes you say well i'm not going to prove the country but i really like to be prime minister whether you're the current prime minister or the would-be prime minister i'm not going to change they're not going to prove anything i just want the big chair go and get stuffed you know like don't 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 take the government benches and then say well we would make some changes but it might be difficult so we're going to not we're not we won't just in case like that's what you're there for right if you've spent your entire career trying to be the bloke in the front of the commonwealth car 
and you can't bring yourself to actually do the things you think are right because it may be difficult. Mm. Like literally get stuff. We can find other people. Make Jackie Lambie Prime Minister for God's sake. Like, I don't, you know, I don't agree with all Jackie stuff, but at least you know she's there trying to make a difference and trying to do the right things for people she cares about based mm. on her understanding of the world. Mm. I mean, man, you know, um, it just, it, I don't rant about polys for the sake of it, but it's, it's that this national debt thing is going to be an issue at some point. It would, if we started paying it off, also help contract the economy, which is exactly what's needed. And you could do it with a range of fiscal tools that didn't mean that people who own their own homes get a free kick and people who are paying a mortgage get absolutely screwed and renters get stuffed somewhere in between the two. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, the, 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 the lack of interest in genuine public policy. I had someone on Twitter the other day, quite last bit of the rant, mate, say, do you remember during the Hawken and Howard governments, and Keating government in between, but those, those, that kind of bracket, um, I think they made the, I think they used the phrase intellectual giants, which might be too much, but you had some genuine policy wonks and genuinely smart people who really, really, really cared about what was going on. People who cared about industry policy and uh, monetary yeah. policy and, uh, you know, trade policy and the things that, you know, Barry Jones, the bloody, you know, genius. Ralph Willis, a bloke who doesn't get anywhere near enough credit who, who you know, they, these people, this is early 80s government, there's plenty of others besides, um, but they genuinely cared about their policy areas. They genuinely wanted to make a difference. They genuinely, Julie Bishop in, in um, uh, Turnbull's government, um, you know, as foreign minister, really, really great, smart, thoughtful people trying to make a real difference and really applying themselves to that. And then you've got the kind of hacks on both sides who get to parliament as a, as a reward for being loyal to the party for X number of years. Mm. We, there is a real lack of genuine policy interest and, and effort and frankly, intellect in, in Canberra, I think. Yeah, look, I'll just, I know it's been a long journey here, but just to try and bring it full circle here, I feel okay. as though, <laughs> I feel as though, no one is going to agree, and probably three people are still listening at this point, but I feel <laughs> as though these conversations are worthwhile just to bring us, put our head above the bushes here for a little bit, mm. because as I've said to you before, I get I get so frustrated when the, the RBA makes a decision, and then you look at all the subsequent coverage. Not mm. just not in the tabloids, like in the in the serious quote unquote adult financial publications, <laughs> and just how my myopic oh, and narrow yeah. the debate is. And it just mm. you know, it basically RBA does X because of Y, what mm. it means for your house. Like that's it. That's the extent of it. And people are rightfully upset. I think in a lot of cases, people are rightfully feeling things that are harder mm. and and oh, totally. the, the reason why I think it's not to make this a political pod, but it is just to sort of say, yes. well, listen, if these are the kinds of things that impact you, here are the bigger factors at play, the bigger mm. drivers, you know, the media is playing checkers. You need to be playing chess here, <laughs> at least in terms of understanding the big, big drivers. And the RBA can do whatever the RBA is going to do, but it ain't going to fix bubkus if none of these more underlying structural factors aren't fixed. And all of us have very limited influence and power here, but at least being aware of the major drivers is is probably going to help you understand the world and look at things through a more correct lens and I don't know, do what you can on, on, on with, with that information, whether it be for how you vote or how you just engage with others when you're talking yeah. about this stuff. This is the stuff that matters. If you're upset about paying more on your mortgage, if you're upset about finding it hard to get around, then yeah, shake your fist at, at the RBA if you want to and mm-hmm. you know talk about how there could be better systems as I like to do, which in my <laughs> fantasy land. 
But, but at the end of the day, recognize that the, the factors that are, that are really important here and, and try and whatever you can at least sort of move things in the appropriate direction. At the end of the day, and this is, this is true in a base physics sense, but also in a base economic sense, there is no free lunch. Mm-hmm. There is no free lunch. Everything has a cost. Everything has a compromise. Some better than others. Um, and some that might take a while to play out before you see the cost or benefit from from the initial input and, and, and reaction. But <laughs> when when we start, uh, it, it, you, you too often hear the government needs to do something about that as if it's just got, <laughs> like it can magic things yep, into yep, existence. Yep. The only thing it can magic into existence is money. Yeah. Right, that 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 doesn't change the real the physical stuff that is out there that we need for for comfort and prosperity and 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 safety. And I think that once you sort of see the world through that lens, things become a lot clearer. And to finally finally sort of bring it to a head here <laughs> is the other question again just to make this more at least ostensibly about investing is that my <laughs> take home message here again and we're repeating ourselves a gazillionth time here is that it's fascinating stuff. I don't think you'll have any luck in trying to forecast exactly what's going to happen in terms of official cash rates. My per- and this is take this for what it's worth. My personal and I'm curious to sort of see what what yours your stance is. Although I think I know, but my personal stance is I don't really know. So I'm probably going to invest as I always have, which is try to find good businesses at great prices, help help for a long term. But gun to my head. I feel as though inflation is probably going to run hotter than we would like for a while. Doesn't mean it's hyperinflation of 18% plus or whatever it happens to be, but it'll probably, I think it'll probably be well, you know, between three and five for many years. And I think although interest rates, this, they'll probably go once more before the end of the year. Uh, you run up against like very, like we will kill everything if we keep on going. So I don't think it'll keep on going, just mathematically it can't, but I don't think it's going to go back down anytime soon either. So I think it's going I think we are struggling with we will find that again not a crash scenario. I'm not planning for one and I can't predict them anyway. And I don't think you should. But I feel as though when we have borrowed so much, we have pulled so much forward from the future. <laughs> the yes, only yes. this there's there's three ways out of it. We either just let a whole bunch of stuff collapse and we have a really sharp, painful recession and a reset. And that's not something that I don't think any of us should really wish for because that, that's a lot of human suffering if, if yeah. that happens. The other one is maybe some miracle AI boom enhances our productivity, just face melts you, you know, and just like, wow. And we just grow our way out of our problem, which is probably not something to bet on. Or probably the most realistic scenario is we just sort of muddle through and we try and catch up on the on the previous exuberance in such a way that we avoid a, 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 a disaster. Um, but that is going to make it harder as we as we make good on all these promises that we as a, a nation, as a broader economy, have all made on the you know future. We've all give me this money now, and I'll spend it now, and I promise I'll pay. But we've got to start making good on that side of it because. If we continue on this path, and this is this is the point you were making with with uh, on Twitter, is mm. that it mathematically it just gets harder and harder. And fast forward, you get to the point where where the U.S. is at, where it's like, well, they're one hundred and twenty percent of GDP. You know, they 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 are. I don't know what they're going to do because their their politicians are a complete mess, and and that is a very very serious kind of thing. So we can either 
we can either sort of start moving in the right direction now <laughs> and, and, and suffer a bit of pain there or have much, much, much more pain in the future. I suspect it's going to be more of kicking the can down the road, more economic headwinds. I think it's going to be harder to invest over the next 10 years. And it just means for me, if anything, yes, keep doing the same thing, but pay particular attention to the quality of earnings and the resilience of balance sheets. I think the investor that has a, a very keen focus on those two things will probably will probably have some volatility and some challenges and the rest of it, but it could be an, a good time to, to further strengthen your portfolio as we muddle our way through all of this kind of stuff. Just, you know, I guess what I'm saying in short is keep building, just, just, just with an eye to the downside and, 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 and look for resilience. Yeah, nice way to put it, mate. I, I can't disagree with any, anything of that. Uh, really quick uh, thoughts as we wrap up. First, I think uh, policy matters because um, we're people and I'm not going to apologize for separating or, or for not having every point we make about good public policy and national policy be about investing. Yes, it's an investing podcast, but you know, investing is about business. Business is about money. Money is about, as you said, the way we count what we do and how we do it. So mm. uh, I, I can't imagine. There's some people on Twitter who will say, I only want to talk about, I, I, Scott, just please talk about only investing. If you're listening to this podcast, you, you're probably not still by now if you didn't, but you know, um, we're not going to just go into investing because there's bigger issues and 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 i care more than just pretending that it's only about investing so there's that i'm sorry if that annoys anybody but that's kind of who we are and that's what this podcast will probably be from time to time so uh you're welcome or sorry either way uh second um the reason policy matters selfishly as an investor is the biggest impact on all of our companies over uh, particular portfolios individual companies maybe not so much our portfolios over time is going to be the, the quality and the health of the economy in which we operate and so if you want if you want to maximize your long-term returns as an investor, you can argue for tax cuts today, but if the company falls over tomorrow, it's not going to be worth much to you. If you're a long-term investor, the quality, the health, the vibrancy of the Australian and global economies in 20 years' time matters more than anything else. So if you want to be selfish about it, care about it for that reason and that reason alone. In terms of being an investor, mate, I agree with you. Quality is going to be the only thing that matters. Uh, we grew up learning from people like Warren Buffett who'd spent years in the 60s, 70s and 80s thinking about higher debt, higher inflation worlds where things weren't so easy, uh, where profit margins matter, where balance sheet health matters, where brand value pricing power matters. If you're going to have higher inflation, you better be able to pass that on. You're going to make less money. Such a good um, point you make, mate. I, I, just very quick interjection here. Absolutely. Mm. He like through the 70s, right? Yeah. The 70s yeah. was the lost decade. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it was sometimes referred to uh, on markets that way because it was just it was a tough time. Yeah. But Buffett Buffett was building. So I, so I, I want to talk. I want to just emphasize it here. It's, I think a lot of the stuff we've said, or certainly I've said, has been bearish. But it is it it is a wonderful opportunity too. At the same time, but his his lesson, just to underscore your point here, is that he had a resolute focus on that quality, yep. resilience of earning, strong balance sheet. And he didn't, the seeds that were sown then didn't reveal themselves straight away. In fact, many, many years went by, but we all know the, we all know the conclusion. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I yes. Yep. No, it's right. So, um, so, you know, as an investor, I think, and the other thing is, by the way, if you buy businesses like that and there is no need for them, you're still going to do well because they're still going to be a uh, branded business with high margins and, and great businesses, great opportunities for future growth. So uh, that, that's the thing about, you know, Preparing for the worst doesn't mean, not the worst, but you know, preparing for tough times doesn't mean you have to give up the upside. Coke did really, really, really well and will continue to regardless of the economic circumstance. Um, it's also a bit of insurance, which is a win. Mate, um, I reckon we've done a 
pretty good job of flogging those particular horses to uh, within an inch of them. <laughs> we flog, we flog them, don't you, don't you worry. We're, <laughs> again, behind the curtains very quickly, it's like, God, what have we got to talk about today? Well, it's about the interest rate decision, but that's not going to – we need we need other topics, and we didn't get to any of them. There's three or four things on the agenda. Let's hold some of those over to next week. Let's hold some of them over to Sunday. Will you join me for the mailbag? You know I will. I will look forward to it. I'll talk to you then. Until then, fools, thank you for listening and fool on. Cheers. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under Financial Services Licence 400691.